there's no petri dish for any mental minutia to grow. Yeah? Because you didn't get out of anything. So it wasn't a noble event. It wasn't you being in this incredible place and everyone else is in this incredible place that is imposing its will on us and then you were a special someone that breaks out of it and now you're freed from that bondage. There's none of that in there. There's no story at all like that. Yeah? Because the whole freedom is you, you were never in anything to get out. So there's, there's no nobility in it. There's no romantic story about it. You can't like have this huge, giant... 10 year odyssey that I went through all this stuff and all this healing and then I finally got to the primary healing and when that was healed I was healed from all the other unhealing things you know and then again all of it is basically used as a reflection of you you know I'm the one who wasn't healed I'm the one who's healed yeah I'm the one who had the ego and I'm now I'm the one who doesn't have an ego so in a, you, you're, you're basically getting reflection from both the absence of an ego or having an ego. Yeah? This is about... This is like running without looking at any reflection. You're not looking in the mirrors of, of your daily events to get a picture of you. You're walking right by the storefront and you're not looking at the reflection. Yeah? You're living. You're not trying to pick up, oh, there I am again. Sure, there I am again. Oh, a car! You know, you see how sometimes people are walking down the street... They look about 12 times to get their physical reflection, yeah? It's like the mind referring back to the self all day. Ah, there I am again, there I am again. Oh, yeah, there, there. And it's not just picking up reflection on these reflective surfaces, it's picking up reflections from every relationship. Because every relationship is there's one who has all the relationships. That's also a mental reflection. Yeah, it's not just a, a window or a mirror. Yeah? It's other people's eyes. You see yourself in them, and this and that. It's just on and on and on and on and on. Constantly trying to reinforce an idea that you're a special someone. Not just a someone, but a special someone. So when you're looking in the mirror, or walking by every door and looking at your reflection, and yet you see someone else do it, you may have an opinion about them doing it, but you're doing the same thing, but you feel like it's different. Because why? It's you. You know? You are so special, it's not nice to catch my uh, reflection all day. You know, it's just it's such a wonderful thing to see. <laughs> you know, that's the obsession with self. It's not what you think. It's not like... You'll get to know it by its absence. That's what happens. Yeah? I'm saying, humbly, that if you entertain these possibilities... You may not like to hear it from me, but hear it from somebody else. If you entertain the possibility that you're not that, then what's going to happen? Find out. Yeah? And if the downloads keep reinforcing that you're traveling lighter, keep entertaining the possibility, hey, I'm not that. Because the sense of being that, the inference, the implication, the insinuation is going to happen quite a lot all day. Yeah? Your whole thought system insinuates and implies that there's a you there. Yeah, Just like I've been using that thing of uh, when I went back east, I hadn't been there in a while and I, my, I hadn't gotten a haircut, so my hair was longer. So people were going, uh, you're growing your hair, Paul. And I said, well, I'm not actually growing my hair. I'm just not cutting my hair. Yeah, I'm not taking a couple hours a week to grow my hair. But see, the language implies that I'm the doer of things I have nothing to do with. Expand on that idea. 
that the language implies that you, you have something to do with something you have nothing to do with. I may expand on it. This is just a, a, like a, a cute little example, but it's doing this in so many absurd manners. You, in a sense, the mind is rooted in the idea that it's the thinker of the thoughts. Yeah? Which is a much subtler activity than growing hair. We can see, I'm not, it's, it, would, it would sound absurd if I said I'm digesting my food, like we just had an omelet, and I'm going to have, and an omelet usually takes me 45 minutes to digest. So on days I have to do a talk, I eat late, you know, because we've got a lot of time to spend with other people. You know, so I'm, later on I'm going to have to go home and digest that omelet, you know, before I go to bed. It sounds funny, but it sounds like I have something to do with the digestion, and we all know we don't. But then there's this mental activity called thinking that we believe we're the thinker of, which is mind-boggling to make that leap. A crude process we can't, we have no control over, and then a subtle one we believe we're the one that's doing it. Yeah? You don't see that as the bonding agent? Being the doer of the thoughts puts you in a relationship with the thoughts. You're the doer of them. Yeah? The relationship is what binds you. A thought doesn't bind you. Our thought is used to bind you. The mental condition, the selfing, uses a thought to bind you by claiming to be the thinker or to be the object of the thought. It uses a feeling to bind you by claiming to be the one who felt the feeling or the one who's having the feeling. Yeah, whatever you want, however you want to say it. The mental process is using all these processes, yes, to facilitate its desire to be bonded to an idea, a mental idea, of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So whatever it comes in contact with, it will try to use to facilitate its reflection of being a someone. Yeah? <clears throat> Many people who are in relationships, they're not in a relationship with another person, they're in a relationship with themselves. They're bouncing back. All they're in relationship is their own concepts of who the other person is. So they're basically in relationship to themselves all day, which is how the mind loves it. It loves it that way. When someone becomes really independent of your take on them, that's when you get sort of upset. No, no, no. I didn't sign up for this. A real person that's different than me? No fucking way. You know, I have an idea and this is how I want you to be. Yeah? This is the, uh, this is how the first movement of selfing is the claim. Instead of looking at the particulars, Look at the systemic activity of the system called selfing. Yeah? Its first movement is the claim. So here you go. There's, it becomes sentient or, or conscious on a certain level of conscious contact. So then it claims the conscious contact and says, I'm the one who's in contact. Yeah? In other words, it claims the seeing and now says, I'm the seer. It claims the hearing and now says, I'm the hearer. It claims the feeling, yeah? Now I'm the feeler, yes? So this is very fast, the heist, but then it gets that already in place. So the consciousness, the, the question of consciousness is already dismissed because now you're calling it something that you have or you do, yeah? The you becomes prior to the consciousness. So now instead of conscious contact, which is the living quality of being here right now, right now, the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, that living quality, which could be really a, nu a nuisance to the selfing, has been already neutered. Because the selfing claimed to be the one who's conscious. So I don't sense the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. 
I interpret it, my mind interprets it to be see or seeing, hear or heard, feeling felt. Yes? That's ice. There's a shift out of the conscious experience of being on into an interpretation of who's on. Yeah? Which is totally different. If the difference is life is happening, and in this state, life is happening to you. It's a huge, huge difference. Yeah? Life is happening, which is consciousness is in contact. But in the mental take, it's no, 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 no. I beg to differ. Life is happening to me. Yeah? Things I don't want happening to me. Things I want happening to others. Yeah? Why is these things happening to me? The whole idea of why are these things happening is emphasized by the to me. If you were just seeing life as happening, you wouldn't have that many questions why it's happening. But when there's the me's put in there, then there's tons of questions. Why is this happening to me? Because you have an idea that it shouldn't be happening to you, or that it should be more of this stuff should be happening to you, and less should be happening to them, and you should have more money, and they should have less money, and you've been better, and they've been worse, and therefore and there. All it does is set off, it's like a Petri dish that activates a lot of mental activity. The first culture in the Petri dish is the conditional mind's addiction to being a self. That puts it in there. That creates this little reaction, and then it just rips. Things that are happening to me shouldn't be happening to me. Things that are happening to them should be happening to me. All this stuff. All these things to arbitrate and just debate and listen to narrations about and commentaries about just riff off of that Petri dish. That's the activator. And like in recovery, they say something. The, the, the uh, co-founder of AA wrote this thing, and it says, you know, right, fear is the activator of your, con- of your character defects. Yeah? So let's say if you met, you're selfish, or, you're, or you're, you hurt others in the pursuit of what you want, you're very inconsiderate, all that stuff. Those character defects are activated by fear. Yeah? Now, the character defects activate what? Decisions. Yeah? Those decisions set off consequences. The consequences produce results that you may not be happy with. Yeah? What happens is you move right back into a fear from deci- from a decision from fear, activating the concept, you know, the, the character defects, more consequences, da da da, and on and on and on and on. You're in this loop, it gets unbearable, very irritable, restless, and discontent. It's all agitation. Then you want relief. Then it says, all right, have a drink. You know, shoot some dope. Go shopping. Look at porno. Whatever it may be. It'll come up with some idea to get relief from this movement. Yeah? To get relief from this moment. So an addiction is basically trying to get relief from the first addiction. So I shot dope to get out of self. Yeah? I didn't shoot dope just to shoot dope. It didn't start out that way. I shot dope to get out of self. I wanted relief from this obsession, so I used this obsession to try to get me out of this one. Now, it failed miserably, yeah, because I'm not going to get relief. An effect isn't going to initiate the cause to change. Yeah? What's being affected or produced by the cause isn't going to affect the cause. I've got to get to the causes and the conditions of what's going on which in my sense was identification as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Instead of, it isn't about an ego, it's about who has the ego. Yeah? People think the ego is the problem, but they don't realize if they get free from the ego, they're still the one that's free from it. And if they have an ego, they're still the one that has the ego. To me, that's the bonding. 
the identification as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity that has and doesn't have, that gets closer and then far away, that's connected and disconnected, that's on the beam and then off the beam and then why do get back on the beam? And it goes on and on and on. And who's informing you when you're off and on the beam? Voila! Yes? Who's saying how close you are to God today or how far away? God ain't. God isn't sending you a message, hey, you got how many miles that song? I got ten more miles, you know, to get there. He's not informing you, you know, with a GPS, all right, you got forty eight miles to get to. It's your freaking head. What yeah? about the emotion? What? The emotion. What about the emotion? It usually tells me if I'm on the beam or, or well attempted well. I wouldn't trust emotions either because they've been co opted also, because they've been claimed. Most people think excitement is, is is nervousness or anxiety. They don't even recognize what's really going on. They put a different name on things. Yeah? Everything has been co-opted. Emotions have been co-opted and they're defined as your emotions. And the meaning of the emotion comes more from the your than the emotion itself. Just like the meaning of the thought comes more from the my of the thought than the thought itself. So feelings have us. Feelings they can have us, or they're the part of having us, or having a us, or a you. Yeah. But hold on to your questions till later, right? Because uh, we're going to bake a souffle here. I want to keep having the open the oven and start it again. Yes? So you see, it's not. To, this is just my view. Find someone else. If you want to have your authentic emotions, find someone who's into the, you know, having seminars about finding your authentic emotion. You know what I mean? Or find your authentic self. Like they're, in all the charlatans, it's like that, will the, will the real one please stand up? It's like that TV show, whatever. You know, maybe there's one authentic self that you'll find. That, and then you realize all the other ones were bogus. Yeah? But my, this isn't the message that I'm sharing. The message I'm sharing isn't that there's no inherent, separate, long-lasting, independent entity. There's no noun to be found here. There's no one who's having an emotion. There's emotions being had, yeah? And that the, the experience of an emotion isn't brought about by you, it's brought about by consciousness. You're conscious of the emotion. That's the only way you can have an experience of it. It's not you that's conscious. It's consciousness. The, the, the idea of you is the one that's conscious of the emotion is the story told after the heist, Yeah? The consciousness has been neutered by I'm the one who's conscious, and now it's now your emotion. Instead of just seeing a emotion, you see it as your emotion. Again, it facilitates what? The bondage to self. Because now you become an emotional self. I'm a very maudlin self. I'm a very morose self. I'm a very sad self. I'm a very angry self. Whatever it may be. Whatever the emotions will be used to facilitate a certain form of bonding, you will take yourself to be that. That's the, that's the leap. After all the claiming of all the feelings, all the thoughts, all your experiences, all your problems, all your time, all your body, all your wives, all your kids, well, after all that claiming... All the thought system can do is infer, imply, insinuate, and refer. It cannot make a self. The mind makes the leap. That's why there's a solution. If the mind wouldn't make the leap, if we would just see the fingers pointing and not jump to the conclusion, it's the moon, 
Yeah? If we would just see the fingers pointing, find out what that's like. Find out. Follow suggestions. Entertain the possibility. So when the selfing's going on, which it is, the thought system pictures you as the doer. It pictures you as a body. It's not going to change. Yeah? If you're taking this as your navigational system, it's going to infer that you, this, are on a journey. It'll even infer this through spirituality. You'll now be on a spiritual journey, and the only thing that can take a journey is a body, not a spirit. Where's a spirit going to start its journey to spirituality? It is spirit. Yeah? There's no point. It's lead. It doesn't have a... You know, it's not going to embark from this point and then have to go through these deep valleys. What goes through a valley? A body. A spirit doesn't go through a fucking valley. And it doesn't reach that mountaintop. A body does. Even spirituality has been referred or framed by the sense of being a body. You don't see that's a, that produces tons of possibilities for it to go astray? Your spiritual journey, you don't see that it can be co-opted every step of the way to use to reinforce the sense of being a self instead of what you're hoping for as the, as the goal, which is freedom, let's say, from the self. It may, that, that noble drive may be used, hijacked by the selfing, to reinforce the sense of a self, all the while you're thinking you're getting out of the sense of the self. It doesn't have any respect for any nobility. It doesn't, it'll claim fucking anything. The selfing doesn't, oh, I can't touch that. That's a 3,000-year-old practice. Give me a freaking break. He'll use anything it comes in contact with to its own advantage. To do what? To facilitate, disaffect, the sense of being a someone. Yeah? Being a someone who's in the job of losing the sense of being a someone. It's just as much as being a someone looking at your reflection as you're walking down Union Street all day. Yeah, it's the same thing. You're just getting a different kind of reflection. You're now like a, a body that's sort of spiritual. <laughs> a body that has a loving gaze. How many people have fallen for false charisma? They paid $60,000 and they died in a sweat lodge thinking they were going to get something from some retreat based on some crazy, polluting conceptual ideas. The poor people, they were overweight, middle-aged, they should never have been in a sweat, and they died, two or three of them. One event. What drove them so strongly to t- to pursue that with the hopes that it was going to lead them to freedom and put $60,000 down? You've got to see how even the spiritual journey has been co-opted. Incredibly. What would happen if the journey was, you don't, you're right where you're going to land and you're right where you're going to take off from? It wouldn't be a cottage industry. You couldn't sell maps. You couldn't sell, oh, these are the sites of the spiritual journey. I think you'd like to stop at. There's no sites to point out. There's no vistas. You'll have your own vistas. It could be in Marin City today. Yeah? There's no way you can make money out of it, in a sense. It's a bad career choice. If you're sharing nothing, I mean, how many people have come here? What have we ever offered you? Nothing. For four, five, eight years, twelve years, nothing. That's the gift that keeps on giving. Once you get something, it begets another something, and then more of the same something, and then now you're at intensive retreats instead of just a retreat. Now you're an intensive turbo retreat. 
mixed with therapy and tantra and silence and non-silence, vegan and gluten-free. I mean, all this incredible, and it's just adding and subtracting. But the fucking, it's a failed mechanism. It's not taking you anywhere. If it did, you would probably do one retreat, and that would be it. Yeah. You could hear this message once. I mean, my job has become obsolete. It's simple. Like the time's running out. I'm not spending my donations crazily. I'm afraid about my retirement. Because I have nothing. There's nothing I can leave. This isn't going to lead anywhere. You know what I mean? My idea of success is that no one comes on a Saturday. Ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> Come back to get the secret handshake. There's no secret handshake. You know, it's in dog shit awareness. It's right underneath your feet. You're walking in, over it almost like every day because we're not noticing it because it doesn't have a shine to it. It doesn't. You can't mine it. You know, you know the mental movement, which is to claim, it attempts to claim this and it gets disappointed quickly. I remember when I first heard it. You know, I'd, I'd be with my girlfriend and. Uh, I wouldn't wash the dishes one night. She'd come home and go, Paul, you didn't wash the dishes. I said, well, there is no Paul. You know? There's no Paul. That was the best I could get out of it, was trying to take an advantage that way. And I grew out of that stage because it was, she said, fuck you, basically. You the dishes. It didn't hold any water. It was flimsy. And then you basically get bored of it and go back into whatever you were doing or you stick with it and entertain it. And it's like being on an operating table. You don't get up. You're not the doctor and see what happens. Yeah? Find out. Don't rush to the next bright big thing. Stay with what you really had an aha about, like an unspoken yes, and entertain it. Allow it to sort of percolate and then see what happens. And you may be incredibly amazed. Yeah? But you won't be adding anything, anything will be added onto you. You'll be lightened amazingly, like pared down. Yeah? Pared down. Very, very simple. Very simple. It's so simple that the solution isn't even... You throw that away, too. The solution only is a solution when the problem seems real. Yeah? From the solution's point of view, there is no real problem. So even that, when that recognition hits you, there goes the solution. You don't even have to add the weight of a solution. Yeah? Just as you are, the basic premise of what you are right now is more than enough to initiate a long-lasting traveling light in here, if there was just an awareness of it. Yeah? Not as a Paul, but awareness of it. Yeah? And how, how easy... After, you, after there's a seeing of conscious contact for quite a while, after a while the emphasis will be off the conscious contact and it will be on the awareness of the conscious contact. Now you're getting somewhere. Yeah? I would say we have the awareness of the conscious contact. Consciousness is moving through this and experiencing things here, and there's an awareness of that. You can become aware of the consciousness. Yeah, I would say that's what you are, is that awareness. Yeah. Dawns on you, you start resting there, you've got tons of attention and interest to deal with what's in front of you, usually, because you're not dealing with what's not happening anymore. I mean, it's totally, totally economical. You're not spending any time about trying to figure out what happened or what's going to happen. <laughs> you don't care. That's not, that's not your jurisdiction. Your jurisdiction is just to be conscious or be aware of the conscious contact. Yeah? And see how it goes. 
And when that starts happening, first of all, your senses are going to get enlivened. I mean, you're going to see with clarity, like HD, you'll taste differently, you'll hear, everything will become much more uh, alive, yeah? Because now your awareness of it isn't forgotten, it isn't deadened, isn't numbed out by all this mental agitation. It's crisp and clear, and it's reflecting the consciousness, conscious contact pretty clearly. So like after a talk, we'll go out and eat, and the food is delicious, yeah? Even the smell of a, a decaf latte, it's such an excruciating, loving smell, you know? The wind is very caressing. Yeah, this is available all the time, yeah? but we're, in a sense, we're very numb down, very, quote, unconscious, yeah? Very uh, agitated. So this clarity of mind isn't being enjoyed. Like it says in recovery, we will be able to enjoy peace of mind. It doesn't say we will be able to attain peace of mind or achieve peace of mind. Peace of mind is a quality of mind. Peace, vast, open space, clarity, emptiness, which is very peaceful, yeah? The point that's available to us is, are we able to enjoy it? Yeah? Are you able to enjoy when joy shows up right now? Is there enough room in you to allow joy to move in and have its moment of expression, to let peace and happiness move in? Or are you constantly in movement from the past into a future, agitated like crazy, and looking for a huge amount of relief from the agitation, but as the agitation. Yeah. And I thought, I found it, it all rooted back to this identification as a self. That's all. That's why I haven't moved from this topic in how many years. I've shared thousands of times, yet we've never changed the topic. Someone says, well, are you going to be speaking about something different today? No. <laughs> But is, are you going to speak different on something different on the second day? No. <laughs> the third day? No. It's going to be the same thing. There's no point to leave this possibility because this is the mother and father of all possibilities. Once this is clear, then you'll find out what that clarity will provoke. Yeah. I would say it's not a limited uh, exercise. It will just keep provoking more and more clarity, more and more possibilities. Yeah. You don't ever arrive, it's always constantly arriving. Yeah? It's not, oh, it happened, it's always happening. Yeah? To sort of believe that it happened will make it possible that it will seem someday not to be happening. But to realize it's always been happening, therefore there's no, there's no little in that the mental foot can get into the doorway about I can be there and, and then I cannot be there. Just like if you believe you did something to achieve something, you will also believe you can do something to unachieve it. Yeah? This is nothing. You don't have it, so you can't lose it. Yeah? You can't put your fingers on it, because it's nothing. You can't claim it. You can't privatize it. You can't own it. You can't give it to someone else, because they are already full of it right now. All you can do is like be a catalyst, in a sense, and you just do a message, hopefully, it will tickle what's already available. Yeah? It's like uh, if your car broke down and it was, you couldn't start it and you had a friend there and you had a gas can and there was some gas in the can, you'd have your friend take the air filter off. There's the carburetor, you're sitting there turning the thing and you say, all right, let's put some gas in. They put a couple drops in and then the car will start, the engine will catch. You don't stand there and keep pouring gas in. It'll flood it, right? That's what this message is. 
It's just an invitation. It's like a message. And there you go. But the message isn't it. It's the mind. That's the message. The mind that's going to sort of entertain the message is truly the message. Yeah? It's the mind. Not the small mind, big mind. Yeah? Or let's say you want to call it raw mind instead of conditional mind. So when a message like this can stop the conditional mind's activity, in that stopping, something else continues, which is the raw mind. Yeah? So let's say you read something that really provokes an aha. Basically, this linear story producer of the idea of being you gets stopped, like a wrench is thrown in the works, yet something continues. That's what you are, is what continues when the self thing stops. And then, like just now, then you're in this pause, and downloads occur, and you just entertain what's happening, and a lot gets revealed. And then blue becomes blue, and red is red. You see things in a clearer way, without any thought or effort on your part. It just happens. Yeah? And the mind's just doing the rest. Basically, you're in the position you've always been in, which is you're more a facilitator or a conduit for what's happening than being the one that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can you're you're the conduit for what's happening to uh, express here. Yeah? So like mental winds, I take everything as a mental wind. You know, there's some deep mental winds like alcoholism, or in Hinduism they call them a samskara, where there's a deep mental groove, and the group meant the, and the mind is manifesting here and how it manifests is energy, yeah. Everything is energy here. It can't be created or destroyed. It just takes different forms. That, to me, is the mo- is the manifestation of mind. Yeah. So that energy, these mental winds are trying are have a desire to express some of them, and they're going to express through this possibility called you and me. Yeah. So let's say if right now there's a lot of expression of one strong mental wind in the world called greed. Yeah. A lot of that mental wind of greed. Is, rep- is expressing itself through millions of people all day in our society and like that. Now, to call someone greedy is a mistake because it's not them at all. It's greed is moving through them. Yeah, That same person, they can have a shift of mind where greed wouldn't be the dominant wind anymore. Now, love would be or compassion. Yeah. Now, were they the sinner and then the saint or were they neither? They were neither the sinner nor the saint. They were just facilitating a movement of mind. Whatever movement that mind is, we would try to give it a name and a form and say it was you and you're a greedy motherfucker, Paul. Yeah? <clears throat> but in fact, that's not so. It's just expression. So here I am. I lived in a very deep level of addiction, extremely deep, where I was shooting drugs every day. I was apt to do almost anything. And four years before, I would have never done those things I was doing every day. Yeah, never. I would never even imagine some of the things I've seen. And there I was, living on that bottom, and and basically adapting to it, you know, as best I could, and having it a very small world. If I met someone like you or me now, then I would have said, "This guy's a remote, you know, fuck this dude." You know, I mean, I thought I would know everything that was going on in this very small milieu. This is the self thing, yeah. But all I was was captured by a wind called alcoholism and addiction. And that wind had play and sway over this possibility for a long time, so it got to really express itself at a pretty deep level, yeah? In other words, I didn't just stub my toe and go to a meeting. 
I lived on multiple levels of bottoms, got run over by cars, overdosed, got abscesses, all this shit. Yeah? And this and it went on and on and on and on and on. Now, if that was a person, there was no way in hell that person could have been rehabilitated so quickly to be something other than that. The only reason this can be this way, because that wasn't actually that way. And also, this isn't actually this way. You know what I mean? There is no someone here who's clear. (laughs) If there was a someone here who's clear, that would distort the clarity. Yeah? And I would own, my mind would want to own this condition like it owned that condition. And the real hell of that place was the bondage to the self that was in it. And the real hell in this place of being a, 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 an inviter or a, a lecturer would be thinking I'm the lecturer. That would be the hell of this place. Now, it may, may not be as noticeable as that hell, because all the, out, the outside the situations would look hellish, but I've seen a lot of people in really lovely positions in life who are in a hell. Not because of the situation, but because of the bondage as being the one in the situation. So the freedom is from both, yeah? I'm not free from being an addict. I'm free from being anything. That's the good news. <laughs> Therefore, I can fulfill my seat assignment, and also, when the musical chair thing happens, I'll get up and move to another seat. You know, lately I just ended up in the same seat, but I get up, like, a lot. The music's on, and it, and it stops, and you sit wherever you are. Yeah. As soon as you take a position, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. As soon as the mind wants to coagulate and claim basic expressions of something coming through me as mine, that's the bondage of self. Yeah? It can do it with saintly expressions or sinister expressions. It's going to do the same thing with both. Yeah? So if you see the main movements of it, maybe you'll recognize it when it's when the heist is occurring. So instead of calling the you know, the, the the burglar is in the house already. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't have to buy security and get locks. They're already in. you got to make another call. <laughs> you can't be, you know? So if you can see the heist when it's going on, like that inhibits the heist. Yeah? Because the one thing its whole activity is to dismiss and distort is the awareness that you inherently are. It wants to, it's like, if you ever see those things when they're going to do a heist and they see the cameras and they shoot some spray on them so that they can't watch the person's robbing, that's the first thing the selfing does is it claims and it neuters the presence of awareness by saying, I'm the one who's aware, therefore I can be quite unaware. Yeah? So this is the thing. If you can start, if there's a scene when the heist is occurring, I'll tell you the heist isn't going to be occurring much longer. Because that's what wakes everything up, yeah? So you see it, and then you see, hey, I'm not that. You see all the pointing, but your mind doesn't make the leap, yeah? When it doesn't make the leap, it's like in a pause from the activity of selfing. So the first like step of the process of selfing gets interrupted, and you're in a pause, which is what I am, and you can basically start calling yourself that in a way, yeah? So now the selfing keeps pointing, inferring, implying. It keeps trying to claim this, the feelings as mine and making emotions, let's say, more valuable than thoughts when it wants to, or then making thoughts more valuable emotions when it wants to. Just like, you know, there's a thing, drink milk every day, and then 10 years later, milk's terrible for you to have, and then 
an apple a day for 20 years. Oh, no need apples, they're killing all our kids. It just switches. You ever hear it? What was once a, like an antidote becomes the poison. It's just, it's dualistic, going on and on and on and on and on and on. Yeah? This is like taking any position. Yeah? It's just a seeing of what I'm not. There's not a seeing of what I am, because you can't see that. Maybe you can, I can. So there's just a seeing of what I'm not, and that's that. Yeah? Things keep happening, coming through, coming through, coming through. The pointing keeps happening, the inferring, the assuming, but your mind's not making the leap anymore. Find out what happens when the mind doesn't make the leap. Find out. Entertain the possibility. You're not that which is being pointed at. <clears throat> Instead of trying to see the pointers from that position. So that's what happens with people with the selfie. They call me up. You know, and I, I don't know if my humble intent was to hope to uh, illuminate certain activities so that people could see them. So, yeah, so I would talk about selfing as an activity. And then people call me up, or people that they call up, other people that know me. And so this guy really likes your stuff, and he's calling me up now every day saying, oh, I've been selfing all day. <clears throat> and I said, that's not it. See, the feeling of being the one who's doing it is the selfing. That's the product of the selfing. The selfing is the pointing, but you're already become the product. In other words, you want to initiate the sense of something that's not so to seem to be so. It can never be so, but it can seem to be so. <clears throat> and that happens with your mind making the leap. So the pointing, the pointing, the pointing. So action, there must be an actor. Yeah? Growing hair, I must I must be doing it. Look how good a hair girl I am. You're not doing well, my friend. I'm doing it right. Maybe you should take a class from me and learn how to grow hair. Yeah? All this stuff happens. You see it. Yeah? It doesn't make the connection. You don't leap into the sense of being the noun, and then the interpretation doesn't start flying off the handle, making up these incredible impossibilities as possible. Like, I could be somewhere else other than where I am. I've got to deal with what's not happening, so when it does happen, it won't happen the way I think it's going to happen. And on and on and on and on. Maybe you'd be more rooted in seeing blue is blue and red is red and green is green. Maybe your responses would be, quote-unquote, more appropriate. Yeah? And you would know that your intuitive hit would be because of the quality of lightness in it all. Lightness begets lightness. Yeah? You'd sense it. I want to be a therapist for what's not happening. I do. I figure I could make about 60 appointments a day. They'd be promised an hour, but they'd come in, they'd start complaining about what's not happening, and I'd say, hey, that's not happening. And they'd try to reinsert its reality, I'd say, but it's not happening. And their hour session would be done in a minute. Yeah? I could have like 60 people in one day. I'd make how much? 6,000 bucks a day. Then they'd run me out of town after a few days, but I'd already made about 18,000. Yeah, really. What, would you, what more do you need to do with something that's not happening? What more? Are you want to apply more thought to it? How? It, I don't care how good your solution is. If it's applied to an imaginary problem, it's not going to work. It's going to become a problem, don't you think? If I use a solution to an imaginary problem, what I'm left with is a failed solution <laughs> because it cannot solve the imaginary problem because the problem's imaginary. Just like self can't get out of self. You know, like. There's a great old master called Wayne Poe, he says, and he says it in a very, not a nice way. He says, you know, you can't use mind to seek mind. 
You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can do it for eons, and there'll be absolutely no results. Eons. We're not talking about a couple of days or weeks. He's saying eons. You can do this for eons, and it will not produce a damn fucking thing. This is the dilemma. We're trying to use mind to find mind. Instead of recognizing we're not this idea of being a self, and then what we are, mind, would become revelatory. Yeah? You would realize, in a sense, what you are by seeing what you're not. Yeah? A lot of us are trying to see what we are from what we're not. That's why it seems to be failing so much, yeah? We're using the Buddha to seek the Buddha. We're using the mind to seek the mind. We're using light to find light. He says that's a fundamental flaw, a fundamental mistake. It doesn't mean it was a mistake in the 1200s, but it's not a mistake now. It's a fundamental mistake. His teaching wasn't only applicable to the 1200s, his teaching is applicable to right now. It's the same attributes of mind. So he would be cool. He'd walk into a session and then just get up sometimes. He'd say, fuck it, you know. <laughs> He'd just say, everyone would be gathered and go by. That's it. We're not doing anything today. You know what I mean? This is what we're attempting to do. Is to share this incredible, simple possibility. And what's going to germinate it isn't anything outside yourself. You're entertaining it. Is. The seed's there. Everything is available. It's just entertaining it. And I'll tell you, your quality, everyone has a quality of entertaining. We're entertaining this place right now. You're entertaining time right now, aren't you? You're entertaining, you're producing the influence of time, of thinking this day is constantly, be, there's a constant weather front of yesterday and tomorrow of every one of my days, yeah? That's us entertaining time. Yeah? People, most people aren't doing anything based on right now. They're doing something seemingly. They think they're doing something now based on what's going to happen later. How has that worked for you? To me, it didn't work. You know, let's say I'm working like I have a job here in the city, and while I'm working in the city, I'm thinking about my trip to Hawaii. Yeah? When I get to Hawaii, I'm tripping, I'm thinking about work. It would be nice to be where I am, you know, in Hawaii. And I bet you the job wouldn't be so bad if you were actually there. But when, how is the job going to do compared to Hawaii? <laughs> it's probably not going to do too well. It's going to find a lot of fault if you keep thinking about Hawaii when you're at the job. You know? Could you imagine if you had immunity to those thoughts? Not get rid of the thoughts. Who cares about the thoughts? But you have an immunity to the thoughts because they're not seen as yours. Yeah? Then it would be, you wouldn't have to have even one requirement. I can't be thinking about the job when I'm in Hawaii. We're taking that one requirement out. You can be, your mind can be thinking like crazy about the job, but if you have an immunity to those thoughts as not being a thinker of them, you'll be in Hawaii. You'll be aware and conscious being in Hawaii. When someone's promising, well, one thing, only one thing has to be gone, then everything will be great. That's one thing too much. Yeah? When people say, well, all you need to do is stop thinking, well, thanks, bro. I, if I could, I would have years ago. You know, that's, it sounds like, oh, yeah, just stop thinking. Don't have any thoughts today. Oh, yeah? Huh. 
Fuck you, basically, you know? Jeez, I paid $500 a year, that I can't, I can't do it. How can I suddenly do it now? The point is, this isn't about not having thoughts. It's about not being a thinker. Yeah? It's not about not having feelings. It's about not being a feeler. Yeah? It's not the idea of not having problems. It's not being the one who has the problems. See what it's like when all those topics that seem to be ways you go crazy, yeah? what's allowing those, those opportunities as facilitating the craziness, if that was stopped. And I'm telling you, the distribution point is the selfing. It's the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That's where the mental condition uses everything it comes in contact with to facilitate the bondage of self. It's not the vehicles it's using. It's this. It's not the cattle prod. It's the shock that goes through the cattle prod. Yeah? The shock is the mental activity. Yeah? It's using everything it's claimed to facilitate this bondage of self. That's what it's doing. It'd rather live in interpretation than to really be here. Now, maybe that's all right if you're happy with it. But if you're not, there's a possibility you can see through it. Yeah? And once I saw that I, was, I wasn't that, I wasn't that moon, yeah? When I saw that I wasn't that moon, the next thing my mind entertained is I can be free from it. Not, you know, learn and move to the dark side of the moon or only come out at night or whatever. No, be free from it. Radically free. But my mind could never go there because I was identified as it. So I was trying to be free as it, yeah? My noble desires to practice meditation with the hopes it would lead me somewhere were co-opted by the self thing. And was just used to formulate another bondage to a spiritual self. Yeah? And after a while, I realized this has no respect for nobility or ancient traditions. It will claim whatever it comes in contact with. Anything. Yeah? And it will use it to facilitate, what? A bondage to its own idea. That you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Historical action figure. Someone who's special and unique. Yeah? The other things I was doing was trying to limit or diminish some of the amplification of all those states. Instead of going to the point, who's, ha- who's having all the states? That's also a mental state. Yeah? Question the first mental state, which is the idea of being a self. I am not having mental states. What believes is having a mental state is a mental state. That's the freedom. The freedom is like the lens opens up like this. It doesn't just open up like this. It opens up like this. And then what was being seen from is now seen. Before you were seen from this, and you were hoping to get this to like this, you know, so you would have a bigger view. This is, it goes like this, and it opens up and it goes back behind or prior to you. And then you see from here, and you see this. Not from it, but you see it. And you see it for what it is, which is it isn't you. That's the very strong emphasis of the message. It's not you. What happens then? Your interest and attention leaves this preoccupation and starts enriching your life. So this day is more than enough because you're in it. I'm not looking for a mythical trip to Hawaii right now. I have a great time in Northern California. Yeah? 
I don't drive five hours to go into the woods. I go behind the Mill Valley Library. It's five minutes from my house. I've walked that trail uh, over a thousand times and it's new every time I'm on it. Yeah? Because it's the mind that's giving the meaning to the trail, not the trail giving the meaning to the mind. I can surf at one beach for 14 years. I don't go to almost any other beach. Why should I? I'm happy, happy as hell there. I don't want to have to get more happy. I'm just fine with the way it is. It's great. I don't want to get, you know, a jet put on my boogie board. It's fine. I miss some waves. I catch some waves. It's great. Yeah. I couldn't see myself having tons of more stuff because I believe, you know, whatever you own owns you in a way. So it's nice to sort of keep it loose. I didn't come to any of this. These are just expressions of what's happened over time. Yeah. And I see how it is by how it is, you know. But everything has a quality of lightness, where before everything had a quality of heaviness, yeah. Same thing going on in my head. I used to take it seriously. Man, it was like a fucking bad reality show. Now it's like a comedy skit all day. Same stuff, same mental minutiae, but just held in a different light, you know. Held in a different way. Now it's comedic information. It's hilarious up there. Freaking hilarious. It is. It's insane. You know? But if it's taken seriously, it can produce exquisite suffering. Because of it? I see people in my program, my tribe, who are suffering exquisitely. The agitation of mind is just rubbing them raw all fucking day. They don't want to be here, and yet they can't get out of here. And their mind's saying, you have to get out of here all the day. And they can't get out, no matter what they get loaded. They want to run, they always have to come back to AA, and it's worse. You know, they're like, a, it's incredible. It's, it's, and I found, like, in recovery, I was on a horse called Life, and my job, my idea was, I'm, I don't like this horse. So when I was young, I jumped off it, fucking kicked it. Started getting rebellious and defiant, shot a lot of drugs, ran around. And then life dragged me back to the corral, brought me right back to the same horse that I jumped off of, and got me fucking back on there. And I realized, hey, I'm inevitably going to have to get on this horse if I jump off, so I'm not jumping off anymore, because it was a fucking hell of a ride, getting dragged back and get thrown back on the horse. So I'm just going to stay on the horse, you know what I mean? I don't want to go through, I was sober, now I'm not sober. No, I think I'll just stay sober if there's any possibility of that. Yeah, let's, you know what I mean? Let's have some sober assessments of what's going on here. <laughs> how many formulas have you followed and how many of them worked? And what's the one ingredient to all the formulas? You, why not look at that? Yeah. It's like all my relationships. Most of them would be deemed as not workable, but the one constant in all of them was me. <laughs> I had to look at me. Jesus, it's not all these different women that were the same. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> that was where the relief was. So, simple imitation. You know. The only thing I invite you to do is buy a shirt. That's all. I sell shirts. It's about it. <laughs> what other person sells shirts? Well, like I said, it's a cottage industry. It's gonna, it's gonna become more and more obsolete. So, any questions? Uh, you all right, honey? Yeah. 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 Good. That's that.